If you've ever gone down the road of buying a franchise, you've probably asked yourself some questions like, how much money can I make? Can I really do it? What happens if I fail? While these are all reasonable and important questions, what else should you be asking? I'm Erin Carpenter, and in this episode of the Franchise Rising podcast, I interview Angela Cote, our guest, who summarizes some questions that she feels you really should be asking. These are the things that I, I bring up with people because I think that they're a little bit less obvious and they're the things that I see the rock star franchisors doing right. Angela refers to these as the five rock star questions for franchisees. After all, if you're going to be buying a business, you are making a life-changing decision. So what does Angela suggest? Let's find out. Are you a woman who's considered investing in a franchise or running one yourself? Are you searching for honest information to help you make the best decision for your future? Have you ever worried about whether the information you're finding has your best interests in mind? We're here to help. Welcome to Franchise Rising. I'm your host, Aaron Carpenter. Let's get going. Welcome back to another episode of the Franchise Rising podcast. Today, I'm very, very thrilled to bring to you a special guest, Angela Cote. And Angela is a franchise growth catalyst. Angela and I met last fall while attending the Frantech show. And, you know, immediately we made a connection. We've been emailing and talking and exchanging. And finally, I get to have her on the show. So here's a little more about Angela. She it has lived and breathed all sides of the franchise equation as a franchisor, a franchisee, and in field operations. So using her experience with the iconic Canadian franchise, which her family founded, M&M Food Market, which she helped to grow to almost 500 franchise locations, Angela helps franchisors improve franchisee engagement, compliance, and profitability. And Angela also helps existing franchisors implement the framework for exponential growth. All right, Angela, thank you so much for joining today us today. Why don't you tell us just a little bit more about yourself? All right. Well, I'm super excited to be here. Um, you know, when, I, when people ask me about my story, I can't resist but to go back to having done everything for my family's uh, brand, M&M Food Market, from dressing up as Kelly Kebab when I was, um, you know, in, this was like the mid or sorry, mid-80s. So dressing up as Kelly Kebab at grand openings to um, running around Western Canada, setting up stores, getting franchises up and running, um, training, you know, training like 60 year old male franchisees. And I just got to throw in a real quick story when, you know, I always laugh now when I look back, I was this 20 year old female boss's daughter showing up to teach these like 60 year old male franchisees who had invested their life savings into this business. And I didn't realize at the time how much I was learning about franchise relations they obviously would see me coming and think like, what does she know about taking a risk or what does she know about owning a business? And, um, you know, really I had to, had to really learn how to engage with them and, and um, get them to listen to me so I could help them with not only getting up and running, but then ongoing engagement and profitability. So that was up until about the late nineties. And then in 2000, 
I moved from the where I was in, in Western Canada, which was sort of based out of Vancouver. I moved over to Vancouver Island to get the chain up and running as a multi-unit franchisee. And so really switching sides from being on the franchisor, you know, the corporate side my whole life to becoming a franchisee. And um, I always say, you know, my dad always said to me that people are going to be watching you, you know, and I mean, well, he said, actually, he said, you got two strikes against you. You know, you're the boss's daughter and you're female. And so it's going to be tougher for you. <laughs> so, so, which is kind of true. And so, you know, he always said, you're going to have your people, people are going to be watching you and it's going to be like you're under the microscope. So you're going to have to work harder. So I really took that to heart. I think he put the fear of God in me. And um, so as a multi-unit franchisee, I uh, opened three stores in a year and a half and I actually brought my husband on board because we were so busy that it, it made the most sense to have him involved as well. And so that that's up until now, I'm still a multi-unit franchisee. Wow. Yeah. And then I started just a couple of years ago with helping franchisors um, with growth and strategy and, and helping with um, their franchisees and their profitability. Wow. That's amazing. And Angela, I can actually relate to that story uh, regarding your father and, and what he shared with you. So in, in my previous career, before this, I was a pilot and working my uh, way up the, the ladder as a, a pilot. And I was on the, on the track to become an airline pilot. I ended up flying uh, corporate and charter. And my father was a career pilot for FedEx. And he said something similar to me. And I do remember even when I was flying with some of the captains and some of the male captains, I mean, most, most were male. They did point out that as a female, because a lot of the companies had to make some quotas and bring some balance and diversity, I, I definitely had a leg up and was able to accelerate a little bit quicker because they wanted to bring that into the balance, into balance. At the same time, I was under the microscope from a skill perspective because every other pilot, male pilot knew that and female pilot, and they wanted to make sure that I was, I was earning it. You know, that oh, wasn't that's a great way to put it. That wasn't just a given. So yeah. I, I really, really worked hard, you know, yeah. put my head down and, and did the best I could to uh, yeah. do a great well, job. You really hit the nail on the head with how you worded that about earning it because um, I could tell that people were like, you know, that's what was being scrutinized is whether I deserve to be there. So I knew that if I, I worked really hard and, and I, I don't, not just hard, but smart, you know, I, right. I, I did my best to like figure out how to engage with the franchisees and, and then, you know, how to help them always doing lots of background research and that sort of right. thing to earn credibility. But yeah, it's, it's all about, you know, and even in this day now, especially as an adult, older adult than when a 20 year old adult, I look, I look at people's kids that are, you know, young adults. And, and I think it like, I'm even thinking, well, does that person deserve mm -hmm. to be what the, doing what they're doing? So right. it's a natural thing, but, Just happens. um, yeah. yeah, but, uh, I learned, yeah, I learned, I had to point that, that out because I learned so much about franchisee relations in those years yeah. and then becoming a franchisee really understanding the perspective that franchisees have has been critical. And my dad actually sold the company about three and a half years ago. So it's, it's added an extra out like layer of what that feels like to be a franchisee. Mm, mm. Well, on that note, since you've helped franchisees do so much research, that's a nice segue into today's topic. And this is a topic that you speak so brilliantly about. And this, these, this is five rock star questions that every franchisee should ask. Did I get that right? 
You did. Yeah. Well, and so the, you know, the reason I, I name it that is that I think that there's some pretty obvious questions that people are going to ask, like, um, you know, how much money does this make? Um, and, and maybe some other more obvious questions. And so I try to come up with things that are a little bit more unique that will be more helpful, more valuable to people. Um, so yeah, it's how to, how to raw or sorry, the five rock star questions that you should ask if you're thinking of becoming a franchisee. Number one. All right. Let's Are you ready? It. Drum Let's roll. Do <laughs> Don't worry. I'll, I'll put that in there. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. So the number one thing that I think you need to look at is, do you have passion for the brand? So, you know, a lot of people think, um, of becoming a franchisee, you know, they see a gap. And um, I have a little story about um, a, a female in my my business, my local business network. Uh, we were out for, for a ladies dinner and, you know, she knows that I'm immersed in the franchise world. And she said, you know, my husband and I were talking about whether or not it makes sense to become a franchisee. And I said, well, what's, you know, what's driving you to think that? And she said, well, there's a, there's, there's a, where the area that we live, we feel like there we're lacking an ice cream shop. And I said, you know, okay, so do you love ice cream? Like, like there's more to it than just thinking that there's a gap. Like you are going to be with that brand potentially for at least five years. Most franchise agreements are a minimum of five years. Um, if it's a bricks and mortar, it's going to most likely be 10. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be there day in, day out. So if you don't absolutely love the brand or the product or, or the service or whatever the deliverable is, you know, that novelty could wear off and, and when your heart's not in it, then it's going to make it a lot more hard, a lot harder for you to make it profitable. Yeah. And, and that's a great point when it comes to any business. I, I also have to ask you, I have to challenge this. What about when it comes to a brand that's in a non-sexy industry, if you will? I mean, you know, one of the examples I like to say is termite inspection. What if it's a termite inspection franchise? I mean, can I be passionate about that? That's a, a really good question. And the way I would answer that is to that to look at the whole brand as an overall. Yeah. So it's maybe not just the product or just the service, but also the story behind it. So it might be it might be the, the founder's story. It might be the founder or the people behind the brand that you're passionate about. It might be something within the concept. So with the termites, for example, it could be something to do with the fact that you're helping make it a safer place for people that have termites in their house, you know, or, or for their, their children or their pets, for example. So really looking at the overall brand and seeing if it inspires you and it, and it, and it's innovative and it excites you. So, you know, maybe that would get you excited about chasing termites out of houses if you knew the outcome. So think about that when you're thinking about the passion. Yeah, there are always different ways to look at everything, right? It's all about the story you tell yourself. Yeah, and I mean, a common misconception is that because it's a franchise and because it's an established brand is that it's going to sell itself. And mm -hmm. that's just not true. You're going to have to be excited and get behind it and be the one out there driving business. Yes, the franchisor is going to have something to do with that, but you're going to be responsible for that as well. So you don't want to end up investing your life savings and then just feeling stuck and unhappy. Ooh, that's a good point. What about yeah. number two? All right, number two. So this one I think really uh, us females relate to, and I'm, I, I don't mean to stereotype. I think men are coming along. I think the more progressive men in my network are talking about this, but um, I think that this is a bit of a more progressive approach. So the, the question I would ask is, what are the company's purpose and core values. So 
find out what their purpose is. Like, why do they exist? Um, an example I love, there's a, a company that's um, out of Vancouver that's just growing like crazy called Nurse Next Door. And it's a seniors in-home care company. It's one of the, the uh, franchises that I've been following ever since I started getting um, you know, into the bigger world of franchising. And their purpose is very simple. It's making lives better. So everybody in the organization knows that and they live and breathe it. And um, it, it's just so obvious, you know, it's easy to understand. Another one that I love, a, a company is Tudor Doctor, and they're uh, obviously a tutoring franchise. Their mission is to change the trajectory of students' lives. I would, when I hear that, that gets me excited. Like I, I would say, make sure that, first of all, make sure they have, they're clear on their purpose and does it get you excited? And then check out what are their core values. If I mean, if they don't know them, <laughs> that's a big red flag. Right. Hopefully there's some core values to be dug up somewhere. I mean, hopefully they're right, easy to find on the franchise webpage. And so take a look at them and make sure that you truly align with them. Does it motivate you? And, you know, just ensure that everybody in the company actually knows them and lives yeah. by them. And that resonates really strongly with me. What some of the, some of the businesses that I've followed that have, that you know, I've read books like Tony Shea's, Zappos, trying to think of some other companies, but some of the companies that have really thrived and made big names for themselves and been extremely profitable, even outside of the franchise world, are those that do adhere the, to these strong core values. That's the, the rudder that really keeps people consistent, aligned, make sure you're not only recruiting the right people, but you are attracting the right customers. And uh, it probably shows a good sense of organization also within the company. Exactly. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's important to understand why this is so important. And I think the reason, one of the reasons is as a prospective franchisee, or I should say, if I were a franchisee, if I became a franchisee of that brand, I want to know that they're only going to bring people on that also align with that so that it protects my investment. That's right. Right. And so, so it's, you know, it's important to make sure that everybody, like you said, is, is aligned on that same page. But as you said, you know, I, I have the, the, uh, I guess, luxury of seeing all kinds of different companies out there, franchise companies, and like you said, just other corporate, you know, corporations, more traditional and the companies that are, are clear on their purpose and core values and living and breathing them are the companies that are just skyrocketing ahead and having fast growth, profitability, happy franchisees. I think that is, is absolutely critical. If, if you go look up a franchise and you can't find that on their franchise webpage, I think I'd just turn around and go the other way. Oh, good. Yeah, no, that's good to know. And, and even with Franchise Rising, we're, we will actually be partnering with brands and, and the, that's one of the criteria that we're using with the brands that we partner, uh, with which we partner. Do they have a set of core values or a strong code of ethics? Right. I'm so well, glad that you good. brought up that point. Yeah, it's, it's something that I hear people talk about what's to look for in a franchise. Oh, make sure that check what the, cap, like the key performance indicators are, make sure they're going to make money and all that. Well, that stuff's important, of course, too. Mm -hmm. But the, these um, almost intangibles are, are just as important. So um, I think that's something that gets overlooked. So yeah, very important. And I love how you make that connection between the intangible or these, uh, you know, what a lot of people would consider fluffy, fluff yeah. items yeah. And, and, and actual profitability and, and those metrics. Cause that's where those are almost trailing, you know, trailing indicators of absolutely like it, it all values. Yeah. Yeah. It all comes together 
when you have every, you have everything like that, when you have that all figured out. So yeah. Great. All right. So what's behind door number three? Ooh, I love it. Door number three. I feel like Vanna White. <laughs> okay. So here we go. And this is one, this is an area that I'm super passionate about and, and what I do now with my clients, with my franchisor clients. So what support systems does the franchisor have set up for franchisees? So find out exactly what they do for their franchisees. Um, and I can give you a few examples of questions specifically that I would ask if you'd like. Yeah, please. Yeah. So I would, I would ask how often do, as a franchisee, how often will I see in person the franchise business coach or often called a field consultant, franchise business coach, area manager, there's different names for them. Um, but how often are we actually going to see that person in person? Okay. Do you want so, me to give you a few others? Or? Yeah. So the develop, and so how often should, yeah, I'd love the others, but how often should they be visited? Yeah. Well, so I would say it really depends on a number of factors. So it depends on whether it's bricks and mortar versus mobile um, service. For example, I think if it's bricks and mortar, it's, it's, that much more important to to be to have an in-person visit not only to look at the actual physical space but also to show that franchisee that you want to see their space you know that like because it's it's becomes almost like their home because <laughs> they're there so much so to show that you're interested in seeing that so a for a franchisee that's further along is going to obviously need less in person especially also depends on the stage of the overall brand if it's a newer brand that only has like five to ten locations then those locations are likely going to be somewhat close geographically to the home base so probably a little bit more opportunity for in-person visits i think in the early stages it, it would be reasonable for a bricks and mortar company for the sorry early stages of the franchisee say like the, their first month two months up to maybe six months i'd say probably be good to be there at least every couple of months in person however if the franchisees you know really rocking and business savvy and doing okay or if they're a multi-unit franchisee they've got more than one location they're more experienced they may not need that quite as much so it it really ranges i think the best question to ask in addition then to that is to ask the franchisees how often and is it enough? Like, are you feeling okay. that you're seeing somebody corporate headquarters as much as you need them? Okay. So to, yeah. so not only do you want to talk to the franchise development person, but also talk to the franchisees to make sure they yeah, get that, the support they need. Yeah. That, and I mean, I think that's, that's, an, you know, obviously people want to talk to the franchisees and get as much information as, as you can. You have to respect that they're busy business people. You don't want to overdo it, but you know, to, to franchisees, like I said earlier, we want to protect our brand. So we typically understand the value of sharing the information with people and giving, you know, getting that opportunity to talk to them and make sure that they're going to be a fit. Mm -hmm. Another, another question within support systems that I think is really critical is how do we as franchisees, how do you get to share your input and ideas? Because there's nothing more frustrating than being a franchisee and having input or ideas and not having a portal to have that or a, a method for that to be heard. Um, so I would find out, you know, ask franchisees that question. You can ask the development person that you're speaking with, like, you know, they're on the franchise side. I also would ask, how is everybody kept in the loop and on the same page? What strategies the company use for helping franchisees build their business and ensure profitability? Uh, what tools and resources does the franchisor provide and how? 
Um, so these are all things that I would ask to dig or dig deeper into what sort of support systems they have. You'll see if you go on a franchise website that often they'll say, you know, what sets them apart? Well, they've got a a proven operational system and they they have support systems and they have training. Well, those are all like necessities. Those are not luxuries. Like when you go buy a car, it needs to have wheels and it needs to have an engine. Well, those are things that if it didn't have those things, I'd be concerned. Right. So I would be looking to take that a little deeper and go, what, you know, like I said, how do you share input and ideas here and and what tools do you have and, and get a little deeper. Just as an example of that, when you talked about portals, and I know this is a pretty franchise specific term, what, what I think you're referring to, it's not just they're passing things around email, right? There's actually a web platform where people can communicate, yeah. like a group communication chat. What's the... Yeah, like a hub of some sort. There should be a hub and also, and or, I mean, it may be the portal, may be the, the field person. It may be the franchise business coach. Ah. But the bigger point is that, it's, that it exists. Some sort that of there's some method in place for franchisees to share feedback. Maybe it's they have their quarterly, there's a quarterly meeting or maybe it's at the regional meetings. They know, people know that, okay, there's an opportunity there you know, round tables happen or whatever it is that there is some kind of a system set up for franchisees to share their, their input. Okay. And maybe in a more established, one thing you might want to look for if it's a more established franchise would be a franchise advisory council. Um, So it'll be people that are nominated franchisees that are nominated and elected by their franchise peers in the company to represent the franchise body. And then they speak with you know, head office and then input can go through the franchise, the area, or sorry, the, the franchise advisory council rep for your area. So these organizations, these franchise systems can get pretty sophisticated. Oh yeah. <laughs> a lot of different layers. I like well, it. Well, yeah. No, and those the are more sophisticated ones are the ones that are doing well. So it, it, it'd be good to look you, for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great point. No, really, really great questions to ask. What about number four? All right. Number four. Okay, this one might sound a little more obvious, but just make sure that you do this. I would say to ensure that you look at how many transfers and or closures the franchise company has experienced and why. So it's not a huge red flag that there's been transfers or closures. It depends on the why. So it may be that somebody became a franchisee and they realized it wasn't a fit or they had some kind of a tragedy in the family that led them to want to move on. You know, to me that, that's, that doesn't raise a big red flag, but if there's a lot of franchises that were, were closed, you wonder, okay, so is it, are they not, were the franchisees not being supported to be profitable? Did the franchise or select bad markets and they don't quite know what the ideal market is for their, their brand? Do they maybe not understand the, site selection criteria well enough? Or do they not realize, does the franchisor not really have a great sense of what an ideal franchisee for their brand looks like? And then they got the So you want them to have that all figured out to minimize your risk. Wow. There's a lot to consider. There is. Yeah. So a lot, so multiple closures is not necessarily a red flag. It might be a yellow flag until you dig a little deeper. Yeah, I mean, the the more there are, the, the more concern. But then if you right. dig a little deeper, you might find, you know, that there's a reason for it. And I, I, I caution people to remember, and this comes from my many years on the franchisor side, that 
there's always two sides to every story. So if you look at the FDD, which is the disclosure document that you get to look at, and it shows you that there's, you know, a number of closures or, or store transfers, which by transfer, I mean um, the, the store or location, the territory remained as a franchise, but a new franchisee took over, like the franchisee that was in it moved on. You know, th- that, like it may be, that the franchise, like I said, the franchisee themselves wasn't a fit and they may get disgruntled because they weren't a fit and start talking negatively about the brand. So you have to be careful about, you know, just take it all with a grain of salt and look at the whole picture. Last but not least, number five. All right. You ready for this? (laughs) This is another one that I'm really passionate about and I believe you are too because we met at, as you mentioned earlier, the Frantech conference in San Diego last fall, which was a a conference um, to um, help people in the franchise world get really clear on what technology is out there for for franchisors to to make our lives easier and and more efficient. So the, the question number five is, what technology does the company have in place to create efficiencies for franchisees and ultimately profitability. So there's so many, so many cool options out there for that franchisees, um, or I should say franchisors would implement into their system that help make our lives easier as franchisees. Not that we always want easy peasy, but we need to create efficiencies mm-hmm. so that we can be more profitable. And, you know, it has to be technology that is, simple and easy to use. You know, we're busy when we're running a business. I would also make sure that there's some kind, like we talked a little bit about earlier, some kind of a communication hub so I can easily communicate with the headquarters and with my franchise peers. Um, I want to, one of the beautiful things about a franchise as a franchisee is that you've got a built-in network. So you want to be able to leverage that built-in network. You've got a network of business owners that are running the exact same business as you. And you want to be able to tap into that easily. Um, So some kind of a communication hub, which is typically going to also have things like your operations, you know, operations manuals are accessible on this technology, this hub, the software. And I'd really want to see that it has the capability of, showing me my metrics um, in real time. So I want to see, you know, what are the key performance indicators? Like, how can I monitor monitor those? What technology do you have in place for that that makes it easy for me to see right now throughout the day? So for example, at my M&M food market stores, one of the the metrics we look at is our gross margins. Because at the end of the day, we know that our gross margin has to hit a certain amount or we basically just worked for free all day. and barely can pay our staff. So we'll look at that throughout the day. Like we'll go on our our computer in our back office and take a peek at it. So if our margin isn't quite hitting what we need to do or what we want it to be, then we can deal with that and fix it right away by maybe making different suggestions to, to the customer or working with the staff at that moment. So I think seeing the metrics and being able to compare them to other franchisees' metrics, so benchmarking, so I can compare to other locations within that. So that technology piece is, is super critical to helping with profitability. Yeah. And then also what technology is being used in the business to reach the end user and the consumer? Because if there's so much out there and if they're not maximizing and leveraging that opportunity, then to me, that's a concern that this company is not being innovative. What data is being tracked to really get to know the target audience in the business, like the end user? and what 
what just what do the current franchisees think of the technology? You know, if you go in there and ask them and they say, yeah, we're using uh, Excel and um, email, <laughs> that would be a big red flag to me. So, right. you know, not only what are they using it using, but what do they think of it? Like, does the franchisee find that it's a, it's good or, cause I mean, I've been in a situation where we've had over the years technology that was supposed to be great and it wasn't so great. It didn't do what it said it was going to do. So, um, you know, not only what's there, but is it actually valuable to the franchisees? Right. Absolutely. And you were taught, I mean, and that, that can be a big, big decision, a big process as it is to do the research and find the right technology. But back to the, the mindset of the franchisor, I'd imagine you certainly don't want the franchisor who has the mentality of, well, we've been doing it this way for 20 years and it still works. It's working just fine. Yeah. Why change? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if it ain't broke, it broke, don't fix it. Yeah. That is such a scary thought because in the, in the world of franchising, there's, it's really a growing industry. We don't really like to call it an industry, but a growing, a growing space for sure. And it's so easy for the competition to come in and get ahead of you in with most, in most cases. So, you know, franchise, you want to look at the franchisor and ensure that they're being innovative Mm -hmm. and technology is a good clue into that. So yeah, that would really scare me if I saw some, somebody saying something like that, 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 you know, why fix it? Well, and if, if, like Gary Vaynerchuk says so eloquently. Yeah. He's one of my heroes too. <laughs> yeah. If he says, you know, if, if you're not putting yourself out of business, someone else will. So in right. terms of being innovative and, and constantly changing the way that you, you do things, you know, to an extent. So that's really important to keep in mind. And, and I'll tell you what, in the next five years, the changes that we're going to see because of artificial intelligence are going to be tremendous. And I, and I believe that the businesses that, that jump on this quickly, whether it means the way they communicate with their customers, the way they operate internally, there's going to be an opportunity for them to really leap for, leapfrog ahead of their competitors before the others catch up. And those who don't could potentially fall far behind. So there are going to be some major shifts in the next five years. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. exciting. I mean, it's scary and it's exciting. And I mean, it all depends on how you look at it. Uh, I like to say exciting. Yeah, I like to stay optimistic too. (laughs) But yeah, I think, um, you know, technology is a forum for for communication. And in franchising, communication is so critical. You know, not just the ability to to go back and forth, but the ability to understand why. Like as a franchisee, you want to know why the franchisor makes certain decisions that they're Mm -hmm. making. And so that, you know, technology enables that communication. So mm-hmm. it's, it's something I'd certainly be looking for. And, and I think it's an indicator of whether the company's progressive. So yeah, these are the five things I, these are the five questions. I'm, I'm sure there's more, um, but these are the things that I, I bring up with people because I think that they're a little bit less obvious and they're the things that I see the rockstar franchisors doing right. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Those, I mean, extremely valuable. Can we do a quick recap of those? Absolutely. All right. Why don't you start with number one? Okay. So the number one, I say that I ask, do you have passion for the brand? Number two, what does the brand have a strong purpose instead of core values? Did I get that right? 
yeah, you got it. Yeah. So do they really know why they exist and, uh, and do they have the core values figured out and are they living and breathing them? Love and it. how are they living and breathing them? Number three. Okay. Number three, what support systems does the franchisor have set up for franchisees? Number four, how many transfers or closures have they had and why? Exactly. And then number five is what technology does the company have in place to create efficiencies for franchisees and ultimately profitability? Perfect. And for anyone who just missed that or just wants to go back and recap, please check the show notes. You can also catch that on our website, franchiserising.com. And, and also, if you have more questions for Angela, you can reach her at angelacote.com. She is all over social media. Oh, she's back. Hi. Hi. My I was just starting to tell everyone where they could reach you. Oh, that's so kind of you. I know that people are going to have more questions about these questions that you should ask, particularly technology. So where, where can they go to find you and ask you? Oh, thanks for asking. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty um, uh, active on social media. So absolutely come find me on Facebook. I've, I've got a business page under Angela Cote, C-O-T-E, and uh, happy to connect on my personal page as well. Lots of, lots of fun things going on there. And I'm also on LinkedIn and I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and I've also got my website. So www.angelacote.com. And I, I'd love to hear from anybody that's exploring this exciting world of franchising. Yes. And I really encourage you to follow Angela everywhere. She is all over the place and just sharing golden nuggets everywhere, whether it's LinkedIn, uh, Instagram with these beautiful uh, inspirational quotes and, and Q&A. And oh gosh, you had some other, you had, you had the true and false, true or false it. questions. And that you really make us think. Fun facts. Yeah, really yeah, that goes on Instagram. Very relevant. So Angela, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Really appreciate it. We really hope to have you back sometime in the near future. And uh, that'll be it for the day. What about my questions? Oh, shoot. Thank you. <laughs> I was so excited about these. We're <laughs> keeping that in. All right. You got me there. Three questions I like to ask all my guests. Number one, what is the best business advice you've ever received? All right. Well, I was excited to answer this question. There's so, there's so many great things that I've heard over the years. I've got, I've been fortunate to have some great um, mentors, including my own dad and my um, other people in my network now, lots of great um, advice and, and ideas, but I also follow a lot of um, business leaders and, and um, influ influencers, I guess, on uh, podcasts and, and YouTube. And one that I really, um, I think affected me a lot when I was starting this current business that I'm, I'm, running now as a franchise growth catalyst and um, really helped me get moving. And, and that is um, clarity comes from engagement, not thought. And I've always been a pretty action oriented person, but you know, even I get stuck sometimes in the world of thinking, just thinking about things. And what this means is, is that you have to stop thinking and start doing. And this quote is by Marie Forleo, who I find quite inspirational. She was one of the first people I sort of started following when I was trying to figure out what to do with myself after, you know, wanting, looking for a change. So clarity comes from engagement, 
not thought. And why I think this is relevant to the uh, franchisee, the prospective franchisee audience here, and especially to, to the female audience, is that I think we tend to get stuck in our thoughts and make up, you know, sort of strange, strange assumptions about what um, might happen if we take the steps. So we might be thinking, you know, oh, you know, I, I kind of want to become a, a fitness franchisee, but nobody will take me seriously or because of this, or what if they can't find a location or, you know, what might it be that whatever it might be that might stop you, you know, those crazy thoughts come into our head. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's really important to um, remember that, you know, taking action, clarity comes from engagement, not thought, try it out. Yeah. And you'll, then you'll know if it works or not. Yeah. And, and I, I'm going to segue into your, the second question. If you, if you don't mind, do you want to say what it is? Sure. So what would you recommend another female looking to own or invest in a franchise do? All right. So what, yeah, what I would, this is sort of a second half then is as a prospective franchisee on the topic of, you know, engagement and, and trying to figure out, I'm not saying to go run out there and sign up for whatever franchise just because I, because you should try it. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is take a step towards whatever that potential end goal might be. So if the end goal is to become a franchisee of a, of a company you're looking at, go and you know, talk to a franchisee in that company and maybe take it a step further and ask them if you could shadow them, you know, spend the day with them, maybe even help put it, you know, put in some labor hours with them You know, offer to, to be another set of hands for them so that you can actually feel the business, live and breathe it and feel it for the day. Um, so that, you know, that way you'll get a sense and, you know, I think it could be the best day you ever spent if you find out it's not the right, <laughs> it's not the right fit for you. You know, what's such simple yet amazing advice? I don't know that I would have considered that, but why not? I, pre I appreciate you saying that because that's, that's sort of what I'm known for with when I help people in the franchise world is, yeah. is being able to provide like really simple, practical, actionable advice. So I, right. I think, you know, oftentimes we get clouded by um, traditional thinking and I kind of like to break the rules and, <laughs> and figure out what it. works for me breaker. and and it's gotten to be where I am now. And so, yeah, I think, I think just go do it. Just do it. Just try, check it out. P.S. My, uh, for those of you, the people who know me really well know that I do st tend to stay stuck in my head. So I love number one with taking action and engagement. And my word for the year is to ship, as Seth Godin, someone I follow often says, to ship it, to get it out there, to do it. So, mm. and, and that's what we're doing with this podcast. We're, we're shipping it. We're shipping the show. So true, you know, and just, Action. yeah, just get in there, try it. I'm a big believer in, you know, trial and error. Just go, just do it. If you, you know, if you do look at my brand and I, I think you said you were mentioning my exponential growth tip videos, which yeah. I always blush when I think about it because I'm very real on those videos. I just be myself. And, um, you know, I, if I, if I let the idea that it had to be perfect stop me, then I wouldn't be doing them. Just like you are probably feeling with this. Like you just, just got to do it. That's right. Got to try it. That's right. Yeah. And, and it, it just gives you confidence to move forward. Even Absolutely. Further. Yeah. In, in ways that you never would have expected. And you learn so much by just that's doing right. it. So that's what I, why I think, again, with the prospective franchisee audience, you know, just go out there and, uh, just try it, but don't, don't sign up for the franchise until you're really sure, right, but right, get right. going on the process, you know, speaking yep. with the franchisees, working in the business, spending time with the, the uh, franchise development person, do anything you can to test it out. 
It's worth the time. Totally. All right. Number three, what other women in franchising do you know who are rocking it? All right. Well, you know, I wanted to think of somebody that is um, maybe not super obvious, um, but but is doing amazing things. And so this woman, her name's Shannon Wilburn, and her company is called Just Between Friends, and it's a clothing consignment um, or consignment um, franchise. And what I love about her is that she's created something from scratch and just very honest and real. And I think when we look at people like that, it's, it makes it more, it makes success feel more achievable and it's more relatable. And, you know, when I was becoming a franchisee, even though it might've seemed a little more obvious, I believed in the company. I mean, obviously I kind of bled the brand, (laughs) you know, I bled M&M. But it's still taking a risk and, and taking a chance on something. And so to be able to relate to the franchisor, you know, there's a lot of franchise companies out there not to put them down, but they're now bigger and they're being run by a new president. So you're not as connected. I think I just get excited about someone like Shannon who has done so well and, and grown to, I think over 150 locations. It's amazing. Um, yeah. And just a good person. So I, yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to Shannon. I can't wait to look her up and, and check that out. I probably yeah, have to I'm, reach out to Shannon as well at some point. Yeah, and I believe that her her prob- uh, most likely her franchisees are are probably predominantly female. So um, I'm sure if you sweet talked her, she would maybe share share one of them with you. Maybe a multi unit franchisee Ooh, one that's that got multiple. Great. Yeah, bring it's, it to I mean, another level. Yeah, and it's an inspiring business. I mean, the idea mm-hmm. of of consignment and there's, you know, there's some elements of purpose within that. So I think that's a, a, she's somebody that I'd like to yeah mention. I love it. Absolutely. All right. So one more time, I already sent this when I, when I jumped the gun before my three questions, you can find (laughs) all of the information, these five rockstar questions in our show notes on our blog, franchiserising.com. Look up Angela, angelacote.com and Angela, Thank you so, so much for joining us. Really, really fantastic to have you on the show. Awesome. Well, it's been great. And and my parting words for you and for your audience are, go be awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Signature line. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Franchise Rising podcast. We really appreciate you listening. If you liked what you hear and you'd like to hear more, Please hit subscribe in your using your favorite podcast player. Also, you come visit us at franchiserising.com. If you have ideas for future shows or people you feel might be great guests, let us know. Drop a note in the chat pane. 